Welcome to the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. With me are co-hosts, Danita Dinger and Lisa Murphy. Why don't you order a drink, kick back, grab an appetizer, and join us for some child care conversation. So this episode's about stress. If you work with children, um, I'm guessing it's something you probably felt in your life before. I know I do. Right now what's going on is uh, uh, my, my daughter and grandbaby are going to be moving to Texas in a couple of weeks, and my son just moved to Florida, so Tasha and I have this empty nest thing going on around here. And it's, it's just hard to deal with. It's hard to tune in with the child care kids and, and be in the moment with them when you're, when you're dealing with the stuff that goes on in your life. And on the other side of that is the stuff that we, we carry home from work sometimes gets in the way of our relationships with, with our family. And so it's something very important for caregiver. It's, and so it's very important for caregivers to find a way to, to de-stress, to take the edge off, to relax a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of fresh audio from Lisa coming up about some stress she's been dealing with, and now we're going to get right into the episode with me and Danita. Uh, as, as you know from the last episode, Lisa joined us after we had a bunch of episodes bagged, so we're just kind of working her in, and once we broadcast those episodes, we'll all three be recording together. Okay, here's the episode. And recording, tape is rolling, and action. <laughs> Hey, uh, welcome to episode two of the Child Care Bar and Lounge. Uh, bar and Lounge. I just posted that Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. We'd have to change the whole email yeah, we'd address. Yeah, have to change the address, change the logo. So it's uh, not Child Care Bar and Lounge. It's Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. This is episode two. We're going to be talking about stress. Stress. Um, it's, oh, geez. Danita just spilled almonds. All over the floor. All over the floor there. Um, oh, they're. Blue oh, diamond awesome. almonds, bold blazing buffalo wing. That's how I almonds. reduce stress, you guys. All These are delicious. This episode, by the way, is sponsored by Blue Diamond Almonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. Uh, they do make some darn good almonds. We have, in one episode, we now have a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't know it. Um, it's kind of a kind of a free thing we're doing with them. I, yeah. I hope when they have that uptick in sales, they yeah, appreciate it. So if the it. CEO of Blue Diamond is listening, and we would appreciate your opinion at ccbag.podcast.com. Okay, so stress. Um, you ever feel it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I burnt out sixteen after 16 years working in a center and uh, hit rock bottom, and uh, that's how we found our way to family child care. And about a year, year and a half after that, I was lucky enough to get to write a well, two years after that, I was lucky enough to get to write my second book for Red Leaf Press about about caregiver stress and burnout. And the thing is, this is a job that requires all kinds of emotional labor. We are we're putting ourselves out there emotionally for the kids and the parents, and it is incredibly taxing. We wear ourselves down. And the thing I've I found out about caregivers is we are very good at taking care of other people, and we are crap at taking care of ourselves. And so we thought it'd be fun just to kind of kind of go through some things right here at the beginning of this episode about the things that stress caregivers out. Uh, for me, I, I know the one I hear about most, I posted this, a question on Facebook the other day on my Explorations Early Learning Facebook page about, uh, about what stresses you out, and the, the, the number one answer was parents. Mm-hmm. Parents. Parents, and sometimes it's the parent that uh, 
mm, forgets their check on, on on Friday and says, I'll catch you Monday, and you're needing to put that check into your account so you can pay your utility bill. Or the parents that wear their shoes in an area you don't want shoes because they have snow on them, and then the children walk by barefoot, and now they have wet socks. Oh, and then that goes all over the place, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the parent that uh, dopes the kid up with Tylenol at about 8 o'clock in the morning, drops them off at your place at 8.30, and then 11.30, 12.30, it starts wearing off, and you call them and say, oh, no, she was fine at home this morning. And you can see that little that little drop of orange on her on her shirt that, uh, that, that spilt there when they were giving her the Tylenol in the morning. There's that parent. There's a parent that doesn't understand that their child is learning when they're playing. There's a there's a cell phone parent, the parent that, that comes in in the morning with their cell phone attached to their ear or the Bluetooth going, and they come back 10, 11, 12 hours later, and they, they, they may still be on the same phone conversation, and you have no idea. There's that parent. There's... There's the parent that has to run to Minneapolis to drop her parents off at the airport, which is a five-hour drive, and asks if her children can come because they're no longer in your daycare, but they want to come back. And then it's midnight, and they still haven't returned to pick up their children. True story. That's incredible. Incredible. I was going to say that's incredibly specific. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another, another yeah. specific one I found. I was doing a pre- years ago. Don't worry if you're one of my current <laughs> families right now. It is nobody you know. I I was doing a presentation in in uh, in Minnesota a couple of years ago, and there were it was a, a woman there. She talked about a family who uh, the parents both took a day off and apparently spent it on the deck drinking, but brought the child to care, the child to child care first because they, they wanted to enjoy their day off. And so there's the parents that don't even enjoy spending time with their own kids when they have an opportunity to. Uh, there's the parents that um, show up late and because their kid slept late, they didn't get breakfast at home and so they stopped at McDonald's and so they bring them to your place with McDonald's. There's that parent. There's the parents. This is another provider friend of mine's story. So... Um, but there's the parents that don't even look at the DVD gift that you give at Christmas time with precious pictures of their own children on it, all the time you put into it. There's, there's, oh man, there's all kinds of parents. But I want to, I, I, it's hard, it's hard for me to get off on parent because I've, I've been one, and the thing is, being a parent is a tough job. And I think sometimes caregivers kind of beat up on parents because it's it's easy when the reality is parents are, are just as stressed out as we are. They, they want the best for their kids, except sometimes they have a hard time knowing what the best looks like. And so they make choices that we may not agree with. And there there's a lot of peer pressure going on for parents. They want to keep up with the the, the parent next door. And and so sometimes they they get stuck in this cycle of bad choices that really as people who work with kids that we have a hard time a hard time understanding sometimes. But most of the parents that I've worked with over the years have been very eager very concerned about having having the best for their kids, except sometimes they just have a have a hard time knowing what the best looks like. What other things stress us out other than parents? I think that's about it. <laughs> uh-huh. Noise, noise. Can, I find that I I can stress myself out because if I'm not having a good day or the evening before, some you know my own children stress me out or whatever, and then I come into my daycare day and I'm already stressed from previous events, then my stress button can go off very easily. It could be too noisy. It could be a toy that's thrown that's not normally a big deal, but if I'm feeling just a little bit edgy, it can all of a sudden become this huge deal. 
Yeah, well, we the, the thing is, the thing about stress and childcare providers is that they're incredibly good at taking care of other people, and childcare providers as a group are incredibly bad at taking care of themselves. They give and they give and they give to the kids and families they're working with, and then at the end of the day, they 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 don't take care of themselves. And so it's it's like a glass of water. You empty a little bit out and a little bit more and a little bit more until it's completely empty. And 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 that's how how it is with their energy. They they drain themselves. And so what I recommend in the presentations I do is that they spend a little bit of time every day taking care of themselves. And if we can do that, if you it, it kind of takes the edge off. If you take care of yourself a little bit every day at the beginning of the day, the ups and downs of of the day aren't quite as uppy and downy as they as they used to be. Um, so what do you what do you what do you do to take care of yourself? What do I do to take yeah. care of myself? Yeah. Well, oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, the only, you're the only other one in the room. I was waiting for people listening to yeah. chime in. That would be freaky. You're the, you're the only other one in the room with a microphone. <laughs> I um, I teach group fitness classes, and that is my stress relief. I absolutely, I mean, it's a job that, don't tell anybody this, but they would not have to pay me because I absolutely enjoy that job 100%. It's my adult contact. Um, it's a workout at the same time, and... Some days, I mean, I beat up on people. It's no lie. I teach boxing. <laughs> Those are good, Jeff. He just had one of my almonds. They are good people. A reminder that they are our sponsor, Jeff. So be nice. Oh, uh, why would you? <laughs> oh, I got to wipe that off my tongue. No, stop. They're good. Uh, but anyway, that's what I you, do for stress why would you relief. Mess, why would you mess up the perfectly good taste of an almond with well, buffalo you did. flavor? In the defense of the almond, you did eat one off the floor. So. We'll be back as soon as we let these dogs out. Here's Lisa with her thoughts on stress. So we're talking about stress. And when Jeff Johnson got in touch and said that that was the the theme or the concept or the topic for this podcast, I instantly was like, wow, that's kind of apropos because right out the gate, I'll just be very kind of self-disclosing. The week prior to recording this was kind of a traditional, one would say stressful week. We had done a gig up in Minnesota and while I was there, I had received some bad news about a very longtime family friend and um, a, a, a tragic incident that happened with their son, who happens to be my baby brother's best friend, who many of you have heard me speak about, my baby brother Joel. So my baby brother's Joel, Joel's best friend, died very tragically and very suddenly. And Joel got in touch with me while we were doing the gig in Minnesota. And of course, instantly it's like, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? And want to get out there and be supportive for the family, of course, but but also for Joel. Joel and I are have a pretty close relationship. We I, we call each other bookends. So, so I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? So I had to do a gig in mm, uh, Franklin, Tennessee that Monday. So we made arrangements that I would go from Minnesota to Tennessee and then would fly out to LA and then hang out with Joel and the family before then just taking a train ride and going down to San Diego to do the gig that was scheduled in San Diego. So in between the two scheduled gigs, I went out to hang with Joel. Well, that, 
that in itself was not stressful. Of course, it was a very sad time, um, not one of, of any kind of celebration. The stress component that I reflect on now was that, you know, in those albeit very brief days that I was kind of going to be home, you know, there's, there's stuff that's scheduled. And of course, you filter it through that idea of, you know, it's nothing compared to what this family is going through. And so there's this little bit of a selfishness that then gets added to the feeling of what I'm not doing and the grad school component and the going to be late on the homework and not going to be able to do the scheduled observations at the childcare and, you know, and got to schedule all the appointments that were scheduled, da, 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 or cancel, excuse me, all the appointments that were scheduled. And, you know, so I kind of went into triage mode, you know, and, and as soon as we knew that I was going to go out to L.A., you know, in order to manage that stress, I think I just kind of go into problem-solving mode. And so, you know, it was no big deal. You cancel everything, you, you, you make arrangements, you get in touch with the professors, everybody understands. You know, nobody is, like, uh, upset. Nobody's not understanding. But there is still that preoccupation with, okay, what I'm not doing. So by the time I got to L.A., I was able to data dump that and let that go. So I didn't go into celebrating this time with the family, or celebrating is probably not the right word, but I didn't go into this, this time of support with the family, you know, preoccupied. You know, I went there, I hung out, we told stories, we cooked, we shared food. And then I went and did the gig in, in, San, in, excuse me, in San Diego. And then I came home. And I think that's, that's when the personal stress came in. And so, so as I'm coming back, I'm going to be in town for, you know, 48 hours before heading out to do the gig, you know, in, in Houston. And then I started to feel that kind of stereotypical kind of stress. You know, I flew home, and now I'm looking at the accumulated bit of stuff, again, being filtered through that fresh off of this tragic incident that, you know, in the big grand scheme of things means nothing. And I think that's important to say, too, is that, you know, what I tell you guys on the road and what I tell you in the workshops about in the big grand scheme does this you know, is this really that important? Am I getting that upset about this? And I really don't need to, you know, in, in 20 years, is, is this really going to matter? And so I, I, I've been doing that a lot just to keep myself in center, to keep myself from going off on a tangent and from freaking out. And when I feel my body start to get to that point, I become very methodical in my actions. I'm very deliberate in my actions. And of course, I make my list of everything. I like, I, I actually joke if you get the Harry Potter reference that I have like my pensive and my pensive and, you, you know, like Dumbledore. And I put my little imaginary cone in my ear and I turn my head sideways and I let it all come out. And I try and just drain it all out as, as silly as it might sound, as, as, as big project as it might be. I just drain it all out and I capture it on a piece of paper. And then from that, I mean, it sounds a little OCD. And then from that, then I actually look at, okay, what actually has to be done in the next 48 hours? You know, probably cleaning the upstairs guest bedroom closet doesn't have to be done in, in the next 48 hours. So, you know, that goes on a separate, you know, it, it, I pull out the, the things that actually have to be done. But you still have to stay in the moment. You still need to be fully present. My my brain now, because I'm at the office and because I'm at the house and I'm you know I'm not needing to spend, um, what's the right phrase that I'm looking for? I'm, I'm I'm able to kind of turn inward and figure out what has to be done now for me to be able to go to the next event and be again fully present to what I am being expected 
to do. And so that's what I have done the last couple of days. I'm embarrassed a little bit to say that running is, and not embarrassed, I'm embarrassed to say that I feel at my best when running is a daily part of my experience. The embarrassing component is, is that right now, um, this this month is is a uncharacteristically very very busy month with travel, and it seems that that is the first thing that gets dumped, which it shouldn't. Um, when I am stressed and preoccupied, the best thing that I should see now I'm shooting on myself. Even the the thing I should be doing is you know putting all the layers on. It takes you know it takes like thirty minutes to get dressed when you live in Rochester, New York, to go and go for a run and two layers of tights and two hats and two pairs of gloves and you're freezing. But you know what? You come back from that hour and, you know, and, and I know Jeff, I don't know about Danina, but I know Jeff does the yoga. I know, my brother is a yoga instructor and I, I know that it's something I need to bring into my life. Um, running is when I am at my most calm and it allows me to keep the other peripheral stuff in check. And actually, even just hearing myself say that, I'm probably going to make an effort, not even make an effort, when I pack after recording this for you, um, I'm going to be sure to throw my my shoes in so I can get some runs in in the next couple of days. Um, so that being said, and, and I think that's important to acknowledge, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody is exempt from becoming stressed out. Um, I think we use that word all the time now when, you know, sometimes we really are starting to get that heart rate going, you know, you're releasing all those stress hormones. And if you get stuck there, you know, that's, that's a scary place to get stuck in because I think everything else starts to, to shut down. And for those of us who are in the profession and, and are working with children as, as adults, if we are constantly in that panicky, stressful, preoccupied, distracted, not able to be fully present because we are pondering and thinking and ruminating about other things, we're not able to be the best that we can be for the children. And that leads me to the second component that I wanted to be sure to to chat about a little bit is kids need to be in environments that are free from all that extra stress. And and before sitting down to record this, I, I actually reviewed a paper that I had to write last week for for school. For grad school, um, many of you know I'm in the MED program at Champlain College in Vermont, and social emotional development. We're studying DAP in one of the classes this year, DAP being developmentally appropriate practice. And, and, and I focused on that, the social and emotional development of children, and one of the things that adds to that is children being in those environments that are, are stress-free, and not, not 100% stress-free, because that's actually not to their advantage either, uh, Jack Jack Shankoff out of Harvard, you know, talks a lot about stress in the lives of children, and that it's the adult's job to create environments, especially specifically childcare environments and early childhood environments, that allow the children to be as toxic for us, stress free as possible. Um, he writes uh, about three levels of stress. I'm referring to Shankoff. Um, level one is called positive stress. And, and this is pretty much a reaction to anything, an incident, a, a situation that causes a brief activation of that stress response system, a, a mild heart rate increase, elevations in the stress hormones, but it doesn't last long. And the reason it doesn't last long and the reason that it actually is referred to as positive stress is that the child is able to come back to kind of a, a neutral center spot because of responsive, caring adults 
in the environment. They 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 intervene, as it were, and assist the kids in managing um, the the stress. They're often referred to as buffers. They are buffering the children from those stressful situations. Um, and and he says in his writings that it's referred to as positive stress because it does actually help the children in their long term development of of coping. Mechanisms. So level two is actually referred to as tolerable stress, which is the death of a family member or the experiencing of a, of a natural disaster. It is a, a relatively serious situation, but the stress response is temporary, again, because it is buffered by those supportive relationships. And then level three is referred to as toxic stress, and that's a persistent and ongoing elevation of the stress response. Um, and, and I think it's important to point out that, that even children who are in environments where there might be just, you know, daily kind of what, what typically would be referred to as, as positive stress, in the absence of those caring adults, even what might be classified as, as a positive stressful situation can quickly turn into toxic stress if the adults aren't paying attention, if they don't have those responsive adults. So this, this ties right back into what I was just sharing about the personal response. If I was in the classroom this week and, and I also was preoccupied with, with a family emergency situation, with a crisis situation, with whether or not I could pay my bills, with whether or not, um, you know, the plumbing was going to get fixed while I was gone, whether or not I was worried and, 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 and not knowing if, if the dog was going to get back healthy from the vet. I'm making these up. I don't know. I'm just trying to think on the spur of the moment. But if I was totally preoccupied with that and I myself might be stuck in a stressful state, you know, the $20,000 question is, is, is how, how could we possibly think that we could be providing a, an environment that assists in keeping children free from this toxic, stressful environment? So, so it, it, once again, it, it's a full circle thing. How can I possibly be the best that I can be if I'm stuck here? If I'm stressed, I'm going to create an environment, although I might say to your face, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's still going to come out. It is still going to be evidenced in my language and in my actions. And children, and you all know this, children, they're like dogs. They can sense it. Your kids know when you're in a bad mood. They know when you're stressed. They know when you're not fully present. They they know. They can pick up on that. So we have a professional responsibility, and I say this with love, and you know it, to to keep ourselves focused. I came back on on, on Sunday. I had two days in town before leaving again. I opted to not squeeze in an observation that first day back because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay attention. I was going to be too preoccupied with figuring out how to use those 48 hours to the best of my ability before heading back out on the road again. So instead of going there and, and being distracted and not really paying attention to the work that was in front of me, you know, I, I rescheduled it and I went Tuesday and I had two hours in the classroom and I was very focused because I, I was I was... I, I knew I had um, a plan for the two days that I was in town. So I was, I was assisting in managing my own stress, coping mechanism. I made my list. I was very methodical. I had the tasks that had to be done. One thing led to another, led to another, led to another. <laughs> I, ideally, I think we, we are avoiding constantly and, and should seek to avoid those, those toxic, stressful situations the reality is, is that oftentimes life throws you a curveball and you're not really in a position to, you know, control that. I think as, as it is with many things, it's, it's not that actual stressful situation that we are seeking to avoid. It's, it's being in touch with how we deal with those, with those situations. How do you manage 
those stressful situations? What do you do if we are being expected to assist children as per DAP, Developmentally Appropriate Practice Guidelines, if we're being expected to assist children in developing and cultivating coping mechanisms and we ourselves are lacking in that ability, once again, we have a little bit of our own work to do before we can actually look to be the best that we can possibly be for the children. And it might be a dance. We might be learning both at the same time. I might be increasing my own skill set while also making sure that children are in these quote-unquote toxic, stress-free environments. And when I know that I am developing those coping mechanisms, I, I'm going to be more mindful of, of focusing and pointing out when the children are actually doing that themselves. How are they managing stress? How am I making sure that I am keeping them as stress-free as possible? What am I doing within the environment to contribute um, to keeping children free from this toxic stress? When children get stuck in in stressful situations, there is a release of of cortisol, and there is with us as well, um, one of the stress hormones, adrenaline and, and cortisol. But cortisol... If there's too much in the bloodstream and if there's too much constantly flowing through and the kids are constantly stuck in, in that state, it does start to affect their memory. It starts to affect their learning. You know, so if we, if we pull it out just of the, out of the anecdotal here for, for a brief second and elevate it to kind of long-term, um, like even the whole school readiness argument, if you have a child that is starting to have actually their brain influenced and impacted from the fact that they have too much cortisol in their system, in their bloodstream. You know, you, how can you really be totally ready for some of the cognitive expectations that are going to be placed in front of you if, in fact, your, your brain has been influenced, that your memory now is influenced? And I'm, I'm pulling now from Shankoff's work. Um, I'm also pulling from uh, the Brain Rules book by uh, John Medina, there's, there's some research out there that will assist us. Um, so if we need to go a little bit deeper, especially if we are, are finding that we need to defend the role of social and emotional development in the lives of children in our program, um, you've got a lot of science now to back you up as you work towards creating environments that are in the highest and best interest of your children. Apparently I can't juggle. We'll be back after we clean up the mess. So uh, the stress thing is something we're going to come back to in future episodes. Um, we're going to be talking about in a future episode about decompressing the things that we do to to let the take the edge off at the end of the day. We're going to be talking about the hours we put into this job. And I know some of you that, that uh, you know, there are people that work in cubicles for 40 hours a week and then your family child care provider and you're putting in 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week when you take into consideration the cleaning and the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking, do have an episode, there's, there's chewing one of those, one of those <laughs> I just awful, wanted to see what the little green line did on your computer when I chewed. One of those awful buffalo wing almonds. Uh, we're going to be talk, talking about relaxing because um, when we can relax and tune in and be in the moment, we are, we are better at our jobs. And so, um, what else gets to us? We, we talked about parents. What about, what about them? Which is going to be another episode, by the way. What about them? Do they ever get to you? Who's they? Well, I don't know. Who are your they? My they, for a while, for a while our they was the meal program. Uh, this, is, um, this, is, this, is, this is a real, well, it's, of course it's a real story, but it's actually true too. Uh, for years... We were involved in the meal program. We in the 16 years as, as the, in the center, and then we 
got involved in the meal program. We started doing family child care. And Tammy, who was incredible, she'd come out and do home visits and she'd bring a little activity for kids and she was just all laid back and fun. Uh, since she was great at her job, the agency she worked for chained her to a desk and hired somebody else to go out and do the home visits for uh, for the county. And this person, I'm not going to mention her name, and she was she was nice enough, but she was annoying. And so when there was going to be an announced visit for, for days before that, I'd hear Tasha walking loudly through the house. Boom, 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 boom. Just, I mean, she's this tiny little thing, but the, it was, it was, it was footsteps like the Incredible Hulk <laughs> was walking through our house, and and then when there's an unannounced visits, and there's a couple of those a year, she would completely, I could see her breathing fire at this woman, and so after, I don't know a while of this, I said, you know, we can, um, we can quit the meal program, and. And we did because it got to be one of our them. Somebody, I think them is the people that are looking over your shoulder, the people that are judging you, the people that are trying to dictate how you do things. And I think all of us have some thems involved in our lives. If you're hearing that, that's duct taped being ripped in the back of the uh, back of the studio here because the uh, the grandbaby is here and she's she's sitting on the floor. Tasha is trying not to laugh. <laughs> And grandbaby is playing with uh, wads of uh, duct tape. She has a child-friendly book, child-friendly chew on the keys. She's got a blanket. She's got some other toys but and she gadgets. Loves the and duct she tape. wants the duct tape, which does not surprise me at all. But it's not stressing me out. I kind of dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the them in your life, I think, is something that can really burn you out. So for us, the meal program was the them until we kicked them out of our lives. We figured out how to... Uh, how to pay the bills without that that check coming yep. from the meal program every year? So my, you have one any of my yeah, well, I, my them is the food program, but not because of the staff. They were they were wonderful. My them is paperwork, and I I um I I truly think I'm allergic to paperwork. I I despise it, and it's not that much paperwork. I mean, seriously, it's not. But I just, oh, you're you're in South Dakota. I, I, yeah, well, so you're lucky. Why? Because we don't have a lot well, of paperwork? Well, because you don't, compared to other states, you don't have a, have well, a lot of paperwork. that's good because I do not, like, I fight paperwork like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, the, the reality is that there are, there are states that are, that are choking caregivers with paperwork. And what that does is it takes the focus away from the children. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is about the human brain is we can only hold so many bits of information in our heads at a time. And when you're worried about finishing this checklist and completing this paperwork. Look at that. You guys just missed it. I'll be darned. What happened? So a baby's chewing on duct tape, and Tasha is closely observing, and she got too small of a piece, and the baby is still okay because Tasha was able to take it away and give her a larger piece of duct tape. Hey, ra- round of applause for tuned-in yes, caregivers. there you go. I think that's that's another thing about stress is when we're feeling stressed, we, we, we're not as tuned in as we are when we're relaxed and focused and, and feeling the flow that, that often comes with this job. The, the pressure builds and we, we pretty much want to want to get down on the floor and suck our thumbs and roll into the fetal position or something. Chew on a big chunk <laughs> of duct chew on, tape. Chew on some duct tape. Or... Here's a little bit more Lisa. When children lack protective relationships, um, daily situations that might normally be classified as positive stress can quickly become toxic. 
um, and attentive teachers who are aware of the importance of these relationships take strides to prevent harmful stress in the lives of children in their class or at least assist in buffering the negative effects of stress that might be out of their control. What does that mean? It means that if a child is coming to me on a regular daily basis and, and I tru- truly, truly, truly know that their their outside experience is one that is potentially keeping them in this constant state of, of stress, I might not, as sad as it might be and as much as it might break my heart, it might not be in a position to make that better. I can make strides constantly. However, at the end of the day, if I know that I have contributed to the child's um, realization that there are adults who will assist them in getting through those stressful situations, then, then that is an appropriate role. Um, I'm assisting the child in, in coming down off of that stressful state. Um, I'm assisting that, that child then in, in not having all of that cortisol running through their body. Um, Carlson um, talks about... Um, Oh, let me see here. I'm actually pulling from some of my notes here. That, that, uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Too much, cortis- too much cortisol leads to a decrease in memory and learning. And chronically high levels of cortisol can lead to delays in cognitive, social, and emotional development. Children need adults around them who first and foremost protect them from the kind of stress that causes long-term damage. And, and children also need those adults who teach them how to manage stress, how to, what are our coping mechanisms. Um, and by, by doing that, by being that adult in the child's life, we are contributing to their resilience. And then that, you got to flip that over too. Who, who is helping you get through those situations? You know, many of you, family, child care, that, that is a, that is a, you're by yourself. That's so stressful. You know, and you're, you, you don't have always somebody right there who can walk you through it, who can bring you down out of that state. It's, it, it can be a, a very solo feeling job. Um, and and it's, it, we, we don't just say that. We're not just paying lip service to that. You got to have your support system, just as you serve as a support system for the children in your care, whether you're in a center or whether you're working out of your house, you also both, both as, as providers, as early childhood educators, as teachers, you have to have somebody who assists you through that. Wow, I got to go to the bathroom. So hit okay, that. Okay, so hit that no, bathroom. we're going to wrap this up. So, so you know, I'd like, I'd like to pop in a little call to action here. If you're listening, we'd like to know what stresses you out. How do you deal with your stress? And what's the worst thing about your stress? Is it is it how you act with your family when you get home at the end of the day? Is it how you act with the kids when uh, when you're feeling stressed? What is it about stress that uh, makes your day tough? So uh, you can you can you can connect with us and let us know. Have a great day. Thanks we- for listening again. We appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Health health and happiness. Bye bye. Over and out. Roger. <laughs> Ten four, big buddy. <laughs> A new segment, How Many Ways to Sign Off a Podcast. Hey, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. This episode of the Child Care Bar and Grill wasn't brought to you by those almond people. It was brought to you by Play Counts. Check it out at playcounts.com. Life keeps happening. Friends pass away. Family moves out of state. Kids try to flush stuffed monkeys down your toilet. They come up with more paperwork for you to do. What we have to do is take care of ourselves. 
For me, it's yoga and meditation. For Lisa, it's running. For Danita, it's her fitness classes. We'd love to hear what you're doing to take care of yourself. You can post at ccbagpodcast.com or on iTunes. And if you like the show, share it with a friend, give us five stars on iTunes, and leave us a comment. Thanks for listening. I knew I'd get in the last word.